0: Howdy.
1: <laughs> You're like right in there. Howdy.
0: <laughs> us started.
1: Hi, Oh, we're here. We made it. We're good. Got a great guest today. I'm excited.
0: Yeah, um, it looks like we got a little lighter crowd in chat than normal. Hi, Adrian. We got Kithrin uh, Faqtube. <laughs> no, we got some I other people. They love then. it
1: every time we say that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um got some other people watching we'll see if he'll chime in as we go along thank you for joining us in the live crew thank you in the replay crew for watching this later and um uh i've, I've completely forgotten what the program is um i'll just start how are you doing Kristen? I'm good.
1: Um, not much going on, just uh, trying to get used to the weather in northern Wisconsin. It's so fun. We always talk about the weather. So I figured I'd mention, just wait, if you don't like the weather up here, just wait a minute and uh, it'll change. We had like 50 degrees. I didn't even have a coat a few days ago and then it snowed yesterday. So it just can't make up its mind. But um, some folks might notice. I'm in a different place today, no longer sitting in my dining room. Um, I have kind of temporarily set up in one of my guest rooms, and um, I may do some more rearranging right now. I'm sort of shoved up against the beds behind the camera here, So, (laughs) but a lot more quiet, not in the middle of the house. Dogs can run around downstairs, so um, that's good. How about you? What's up with you?
0: doing good it got cold all of a sudden here too uh we had like right. it was in the 40s yesterday it felt like springtime and now it's uh <clears throat> we're gonna get like it's just it's just today it's just one day of you know winter kind of we didn't right. really have much this year but yeah right. anyway so
1: um okay well we've got know. uh mark list here from michigan he's uh very vape shop owner, and THR advocate, so we'll have him on a little bit, in a little bit, in a little bit, bit, a little bit. see, uh, Logan's in the back for us, he'll be watching the chat and putting up the um, banners today, so I take no responsibility for that, <laughs> I'm already distancing myself, um, and uh, but I guess we're going to start with a real quick recap of what happened this week as far as we've got a gazillion calls to action, but we did have some new ones this week, so um, Logan, you want to roll us in for the legislative?
0: There's a little, little suspense there. Was, uh, was good. <laughs> I was like, so, do
1: I just stand still?
0: <laughs> so I'm going to, I'm going to share a screen here. Um, oh no, wait, it's the, this one. Thank you for putting all of this in the newsletter, Kristen. Um, <laughs> did, I, did i save the right one? Oh, here we go boom okay so we'll get started at the top here um we've got wyoming the, all, most of these are pmta registry bills i think all of them are pmta well, regist- you'll see a lot
1: of them in big tobacco protection bill big tobacco protection <laughs>
0: yeah big tobacco <laughs> protection act joe camel protection act whatever or vapor product directory um i think we've got 26 so far or we're at least in 26 different states. There's some other stuff out there, but this is the one. This is the dance craze sweeping the country. Um, yeah. So, going to get through this kind of quickly. Uh, Wyoming SF 107 still in play. Um, I, I I may need to do an update in here, but there was a hearing this week. Um, uh, and then we've got Mississippi SB 2441. Uh, again, the same thing. Vapor registry. Iowa 3101 um, had a hearing this week. Uh, probably looking to update that soon. Um, Idaho S 1366, uh, and then here are the urgent ones. Um, Florida, if you live in Florida, please, please, please try to make plans to attend this hearing. This, I believe, this may be the last opportunity. Mm-hmm. Folks in Florida have to get in front of a committee, voice your concerns, and uh, oppose this bill. Um, all the details are on our call to action. So if you're in Florida, please check this out. Take action. Um, you don't have to sign up to speak. Uh, if you feel like speaking, remember, time is going to be limited. So prepare for, you know, like two to three minutes um, at, at the most. Uh, it's usually best to just, you know, share your story briefly tell them why you're concerned about the bill. You're going to lose access to a lot of products uh, and your favorite vape shop may not be able to stay open. Um, and so, um, keep it quick, be polite. Uh, they, they like politeness. I've seen lawmakers lash out at people who come with kind of an angry, frustrated tone. Um, that doesn't sell your point very well. So, um, Florida, 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 If you can get to Tallahassee, there are there's a hearing that needs to be attended on Thursday, February 27th at 9 a.m. Super convenient for people living in the rest of Florida, Um, Georgia. Yeah, people who work for a living, Uh, Georgia. uh, There is also a hearing, um, HB 1260. This is on Tuesday. Are we? Did I get these days wrong? I did get the days wrong. Um, Tuesday is the... 20th. I might have
1: went the wrong day, but...
0: <laughs> okay, our dates oh, are actually, wrong.
1: No, I just copy and paste it from your uh, call to action. So yeah, if it's.
0: Yeah, no, this screwed me up because there was another state that was... Um... So the 25th is Sunday. The 26th is Monday. I may have updated okay. this after you did this.
1: Thursday is oh. the 29th. I know that.
0: Here's what we're going to do. We're going to take you all on a tour of our website. And we're going to see <laughs> what I updated. So Georgia is for Monday,
1: Monday,
0: Monday, Monday, Monday February 26th, 2 p.m. This is in the House Committee on Regulated Industries. Uh, I believe this popped up yesterday. So um, sent out an email to everybody in Georgia. If you know people in Georgia, tell your friends. Um, there is a hearing. Um Let's see. You can attend this in person. Uh, and if you want to speak remotely, if you're if you're you know down south, um, maybe you can't make it all the way up to Atlanta. Um, no later than 11 a.m. Monday, you need to send an email to jan.brown at house.ga.gov. Um, this is the same thing. It's a PMTA registry bill. So um, we need to fix this. If you could fix this, Kristen, on the on the newsletter. I'll that fix would
1: it be in the blog. Fantastic.
0: Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. I, I, I did
1: because Georgia came up earlier in the week and I I saved them in a in a word sheet, my notes on drive as I'm going through the week. And then I just copy and paste them into the blog post. So if it changed between when I did it, say on Monday, and then you know, if got fixed between those two times, I would have not even checked. So I will I will go in and fix that, no problem.
0: I'm going to, I'm going to put this note back up here about Florida uh, from Jonathan Ristine. Uh, this is the last hearing, as he said, um, we need a hundred people, 7.30 AM meeting at the Doubletree in Oops. Tallahassee, um, or as the locals say, Tally. <laughs> um, so uh, thank you for passing that along, Jonathan. Um, if you've got more details, send me an email to aclark at cassaw.org um, And I will put this in an email to all of our folks in Florida um you may hopefully you get more than 100 people um would be great if they had to open up a uh an overflow room um <clears throat> so uh georgia will fix the day on that that was my fault sorry about that folks um south carolina uh hearing scheduled for thursday boy we are all over the place on these days <laughs> i have no Man. idea i
1: just copy and pasted it from the-
0: <laughs> yeah this is totally my fault okay so i will go back and fix all the dates. Yeah, Thursday is the 29th. I'm gonna have to 29th. This is this Yeah, is the nuts. 29th is right
1: for certain. I thought I checked that one to make oh, sure the 29th God. was
0: I don't know why I am so um yeah,
1: Thursday the 29th. That's right.
0: This is this is all my fault. This is what I've been doing.
1: For, oh wait, like, it's supposed to be 27th. So it's so it's supposed to be Tuesday the 27th.
0: It's Tuesday.
1: Yeah, that's that's oh. wrong on the call. <laughs>
0: i'm gonna fix all of this i apologize
1: crazy i don't even know how he's doing it because like last night i'm trying to get the blog post out and he just kept throwing stuff up in the chat here's another call to action we got a trial we got a hearing coming up here's another one i'm like jesus let me go get something to eat you know it's it's been crazy i don't even know how he's keeping so i'm not surprised that you're getting your days mixed up alex it's every day
0: my dyslexia my My dyslexia is (laughs) on like 15 right now so uh, I apologize for getting numbers transposed and dates mixed up. We will get all of this fixed and get the appropriate notifications out. to people. I will do,
1: it. Yeah. As soon as the um, show is over, I will do it.
0: South Carolina, Thursday, February 29th, which is actually Thursday, February 29th. Um, <laughs> this is um, uh, the spoken testimony portion of this bill happens only in subcommittees. So if you want to get your comments in, send your lawmakers an email, use our system, you know, edit, edit the pre-written letter with your story and get that sent in. Um, I don't actually think there is a, did we get this? Okay. Um, yes, you can send your testimony to Tara Kelly at scsenate.gov, Um, and this will get, and if you get them in on time, they will be shared with the full committee. So um, really important that uh, South Carolina advocates participate in that. And uh last on the list, but not least, um this is another Monday, February 26th. We're getting the dates right now. Um <clears throat> uh this is uh this is actually House Bill 1069 is having a hearing. Um this is scheduled for 15 minutes after adjournment. I have no idea when that typically happens. Um but uh, this is Virginia. Vir- Virginia has been kind of a weird one because I was following this from the beginning. And at some point, I, I'm, I'm not exactly sure what I was reading now because it looked to me as if these two companion bills had passed their respective houses. And I had put the question out. I, I don't know. Some states are different. If, you, if a bill and its companion pass their houses with no amendments then in some states, it just goes straight to the governor. There's no reason for them to sort of flip-flop to the other house. Um, And so lost track of this, but these bills are still alive. Uh, SB 550 was passed with an amendment. um, And we're not sure if HB 1069 is going to get the same amendment. um, But this Mm -hmm. basically, it's telling the legislature that they're going to have to take this issue up next year. So it would, if, if, if what we think is going to happen happens, um, this won't take effect this year or like January 1st of next year. But the legislature is going to have to come back and basically readopt this legislation in order to enact it. Um, and some of the speculation is there is that uh, currently there's no funding to enforce this bill. for, and There's no fun, there's no funding for enforcement uh, written into the law, which we're seeing in some, some places. Um, and of course, Alabama went through this. I believe, uh, Oklahoma is going through this right now. Uh, if you're in Oklahoma, we have a call to action, um, active for that. I think the hearing has sort of already happened, but, um, Oklahoma is still in play. So anyway, this is all the stuff that (laughs) I updated and apparently got a bunch of dates wrong this week. Um, I will be sending out corrections as soon as I can. And, um, if you're in any of those States, definitely take action, make plans to show up at these committee hearings, send your messages, make your phone calls. And considering that half the country at this point is looking at these PMTA registry bills, if you live in a state that's in America, go check our, our, our page, um, which is going to be, do, do, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do it. Um, here. You can just go check out the big clicky map and go figure out, see what's going on in your neck of the woods. I don't know that we have. I did, did I put anything up? No. Alaska's got some tax stuff that they're looking at, but um, haven't seen any movement on that. So,
1: and Logan will put up the little uh, banner that sh- that has the actual address of this. But Alex, you want to just do, do a quick rundown of the states that are left? That because I know that we have a few other states that have actual. They have hearings this yeah. coming up week two. And um, the what Here we just go. went through was just something that was new this, yeah, the this week. So,
0: so if you go to this page, um, yep, casaw.org forward slash get involved slash state locator. Um, all of the, just scroll down past the map and you will see
1: Idaho. all. wait wait. Go back up. Let me let me read these so people can. So we've got Idaho. Mississippi, Oklahoma, these are all PMTA bills. Alabama, Utah, Maryland, keep going. <laughs> Kansas, Georgia, Wyoming, and I'm going to go to the next page. <laughs> and then we've got Illinois, Missouri, New Mexico's got a flavor ban that's a little bit and a different. Packs. Uh, oh, and it, and oh, we have to, They've got we've got two for New Mexico. The vape tax. Nebraska's got a vape tax. New Hampshire's got a PMTA. We've got Colorado's got. Uh,
0: that is uh, that's, that that would be vape. preemption P-M-M-M. preemption yeah. repeal. Yeah. Um, got, and then Hawaii
1: has a flavor ban, and I think they've got something else going too. But
0: yeah, Hawaii uh, always Iowa's, has like happy dozen Hawaii does.
1: Yeah, Iowa's got a PMTA. And a few of these do have. Let's see. Okay, there's the back. Nebraska does have. Nebraska's got a PMTA one too. Uh, Arizona's got a PMTA one. South Dakota, same thing. South Carolina, we just yeah, talked about. Good. We've got Rhode Island's got. Rhode Island's got a vape tax. Indiana. I haven't got a PMTA heard much about one.
0: Rhode Island, um, but that is in the state's budget bill. So um, that may be why I haven't heard much about it. But um, anyway. That one's tricky.
1: Yeah, a lot of those like must pass. Uh, Indiana's got a PMTA. Got Washington PMTA. That's the state. Virginia PMTA. Florida PMTA. And Florida's a big one we were just talking about. Virginia, whoops, I'm shaking. And these
0: are all these are old. I, I don't know. Um, haven't you followed President's but... So I
1: wasn't sure. And then Michigan's. Well, we'll talk about that later because I'm sure Mark will have a couple of thoughts on that. Um, and of course we still have the, the, the national vape tax. So,
0: so yeah, the national one is kind of low priority at the moment. Um, as, as has been the case, the house is in sort of constant disarray, um, and in an election year. Um, so I, I'm not quite sure that there's a whole lot of priority on this. We've had this up since October. Um, we, what we expect to see this kind of proposal come back in, you know, budget season every year. Um, but, uh, that's that. And just to round out the last couple here, uh, Vermont is still looking at a flavor ban. Um, There is a PMTA registry bill in Vermont, but I haven't, haven't checked on it and haven't heard a whole lot about it. The flavor ban is what's really kind of catching eyeballs there. Um, And uh, the Ohio one we concluded successfully last year. So, um, but the Vermont flavor ban is still active, even though this was posted Mm. in April of last year. Um, So, I think that, yeah. that should round um, out the legislative round out. out.
1: Yeah, that's why we just wanted to read those off because we can't like get deep into everyone. Otherwise we have we'd have a couple of weeks, a couple of shows ago, we had an entire show on it. So yeah. um, so we are going to bring Mark in, but first I'm gonna play a little clip. So, Mark, if you want to hit your uh turn your sound off, I'm giving him warning in the back there, he doesn't want to see himself on camera uh for this. But um i'm going to play a little video from a little clip from mark's uh hearing in michigan which was in 2019 was it i think um i'm not sure but anyhow it's really good video so listen up
2: 2014 i noticed a new business in houghton downtown houghton and i just popped my head in to see what it was and uh There was a 19-year-old young man behind the counter, and he told me that they sold electronic cigarettes, Um, and he invited me in. 20 minutes later, I walked out out, a non-smoker. That was 100% due to the flavors. I've tried everything. Um, Nothing worked, it was the flavors. In fact, I even tried an unflavored nicotine manual cigarette, which was just a nicotine-soaked sponge that you you drew on, it did not work. Um, So a 19-year-old kid with a high school education did what nobody else could do, what government couldn't do, what public health couldn't do, what the medical community couldn't do in 30 years, get me to quit smoking. It didn't cost the state or the federal government a dime. It was a simple explanation and it worked and a simple product. Um, from where you sit, that it didn't cost the state anything. You should know that. A year and a half later, I bought that shop um, that saved my life. And f- in, the, in the next four years, I've saved about 1,000 lives. I've saved 1,000 people from smoking. They've permanently quit, and that's who I'm here to represent. And those people I haven't yet reached. Um, those thousand people—they're all from Houghton County. It has a population of, of roughly thirty-six thousand people, according to U.S. Census. Um, so, the, the people that I've helped to quit and helped to save their own lives—that's two point seven percent of the total population of my county. I can't imagine anybody not seeing that as not only significant but extraordinary. I—I I defy anybody in my county to say that they've helped to save that many lives including the doctors that's that's a lot of people in four years uh, my customers my current customers include nurses doctors officers from every single local police department the state police post even a chief of police um, multiple business owners firemen and first responders teachers elected officials most importantly dozens of veterans And these people are all grandmothers, grandfathers, yes, that old, fathers, mothers, sons, and daughters. They're my friends and my neighbors. Um, There's nowhere I can go in Houghton County and not run into a customer or a former customer who is still not smoking. Um, It happens every day. Um, I'm extremely proud of this.
1: Nope, I got it. Sorry about that. <laughs> and here he is, hey, the man of the hour.
2: <laughs> Hi, everyone.
0: Good to see you again. It's good to see you guys. So, um, so we okay. go ahead, Kristen.
1: I was going to say, so we got kind of the gist of. Uh, about that, you know, that you had tried just about everything and this 19 year old kid basically helped you, uh, quit by, uh, introducing you to vaping and then you bought the place and then just the thousands of lives that you've saved since then, which is incredible. Um, what, I'm not even sure where to start with this. Um, I guess maybe we'll say, uh, How's it been going? How, how are things going in Michigan as far as the environment for you now since that, uh, that testimony?
2: Um, well, the environment hasn't changed much. And perhaps, if anything, it's changed a little bit for the worst. Um, back in 2019, um, the GOP held the House and Senate, both, I believe. Um, the Democrats now hold the House and Senate. Uh, At least the Senate and I believe the House is deadlocked at the moment. I don't know if they've run their special elections, but um, it's the Democrats that are mostly pushing that, especially our Democratic governor, even though this is uh, what we're facing now is a legislative effort. But um, the package of bills that we're facing right now is essentially the same package that we've been facing every session since the fall of 2019 they're different but they're they're trying to accomplish the exact same thing right get
0: rid of us protect yeah. smoking And, and so where, pretty much, oh sorry go ahead you, well I'm, I'm of course i'm just going to go right to the legislation oh. <laughs> um you know what uh do you have any kind of update on how that legislation is moving support opposition or is it still just kind of we, we don't we're not we're not
2: Um, I I don't know if things have changed since they were uh, read in back in October or November of last year, Um, but, uh, but our perception of them has definitely changed. Initially, we were told that they had overwhelming support and that we were screwed completely. Uh, that rapidly changed to perhaps you, you have a chance. We need to get you down to the Capitol. Um, we need to talk to bill authors uh, or sponsors, I guess. They didn't actually author these bills. Um, and, and we'd done that. Uh, we weren't very well received, but we've heard there's less support for these bills now than there was back in the fall. And in fact, um they may not go anywhere because um, of elections um, because our governor um, definitely has set her sights on the White House hmm. um, their their priorities have shifted a little bit but um, the bills are still there the bills are in committee and we're still fighting them every way we can. Have it's you like been there had very lunch? few of us so. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's the i
0: just to i to kind of build on that a little bit you know this is something that we've heard for for you know 10 years now um you know usually what ends up happening and and uh i think this is this is not exclusive to the vapor industry but um you know it's usually it's like a few people who are pulling weight for everybody else and that includes you know money yeah. um so i uh, i know that uh you know in other states and and michigan is no exception um, you know, if you're a shop owner, a distributor, um, whatever, whatever business you have in this space, supporting these efforts is really important. Um, do you, do you have people kind of, is, are they becoming a little bit more interested in this stuff? They want to commit some resources to the fight or has, or are people kind of burned out with all of this?
2: Well, in general, sadly, no, um, we, we, we haven't seen much interest Um, there are currently five of us footing the bill and doing everything. Um, and we're, and we're all shop owners, uh, single or one or two shops only. Um, we're, we're the small fry. Um, none of, none of the bigger players seem to be interested at all. Um, which is really sad, um, but we we have just heard from um a rather influential um think tank which happens to be located in Michigan um the Mackinac Institute they've expressed some interest in working with us and helping us out just recently in the last few days um very good news uh, we need help yeah.
0: is it yeah. is it is it is it Mackinac or Mackinac that does the kind of um I don't know if they put out an annual report or every couple of years um, about uh, illicit sales. I, it, it, maybe I'm getting two different organizations mixed up, but I know that they've, if if it's who I think they are, they've put out a report on illicit cigarette sales. That's where we get the sort of over half. It's now less than half, I think, but for years it was almost 60% of the cigarettes sold in the state of New York were sold on the illicit or gray market. Um, so I, I don't know if that's the same think tank it,
2: it is that that is the uh Mackinaw institute. Mackinac institute It's spelled Mackinac, but it's it's Mackinac. Okay.
0: <laughs> that's what I get. We Midwesterners
1: with our native names that nobody can pronounce <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> over here with Wisconsin, so I know. Is there an association in Michigan at all? Or is it are um, you five a, very, yeah, a, a, v-
2: a very small loose one? Five of us.
1: That's okay. that's so, who's you don't left. have like um, a, We we
2: were a lot larger of an org well not that much larger but we were a larger organization in Mm -hmm. 2019 and um, I I believe most perhaps all of our uh, former members um, have been forced out of business
0: from that's and that's that's that's, is that mainly FDA regulations or yeah
2: regulatory pressure I mean it's it's the same story for everybody. Um, The the uh, misinformation in the public messaging um, definitely impacting our sales, uh, things like that. But but also the regulatory pressures, we we lost all of our liquid manufacturers that were members. Um, None of them are producing anymore.
1: So there's no companies in Michigan making liquids anymore.
2: Um, I believe there's at least one, um, and and they they were at least rather large, um, a somewhat national brand, Um, but uh, they they have other interests. Like we've seen for the last how many years, um, people leaving the vapor space for the hemp space, the cannabis space... Yeah, you know anything other than something that can bankrupt you and you in jail have you labeled a baby killer um people get tired of it we've we've lost them
0: yeah so i mean given the uh, yeah i don't want to put anybody on the spot and or expose anybody to any kind of legal or regulatory issues but (laughs) You know as we we sort of opened the show with running down all of these pmta registry bills um it's it's kind of it's first of all it's disappointing to hear you know how many people have gone out of business you know in in michigan and of course around the country but um so even before a state adopts one of these vapor directory (laughs) bills um businesses from from vape shops on up to liquid manufacturers are feeling the pressure um what would something like that do to what's left in Michigan?
2: Uh, a registry bill.
0: Yeah. It,
2: it render us extinct. Um, Cause you, you know, probably get most of
1: the stuff from our state now, right?
2: We have, uh, yeah, I still, um, I still carry um, two Michigan liquid manufacturers, but they're manufacturing only for me. I believe wow. that's it. Oh, Wow. Um, because I've I've carried them for so long, and um, they're the mainstay of my liquid sales. They're both outstanding juice makers, and sadly, um, only my customers are benefiting from them now. Yeah, and only because I begged and begged and begged. Um, I didn't. <laughs> right. I didn't want to lose them. They, they also uh, both of these manufacturers make. Um, make all of my, my top 10 favorites personally. So I I had a personal interest in uh, getting them to uh, make juice just for me still.
1: So do you just, do you just carry those two lines or do you have other? No, I carry other ones.
2: Yeah. I carry a a bunch of national brands, but um, those two, uh, they're outstanding. They're so good. And uh, my customers would um, kill me. If they went away,
1: <laughs> I know, um, but it, tough. It,
2: it often takes me uh, quite a while to get restocked uh, because I'm I'm essentially their only customer, and um, right. my customers get so angry when they're out. Um, they're extremely popular, and it's sad to see folks like that go. They're 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 no longer really fighting with this either. Uh, You know, they've got other things going on in their lives. They've had to go get real jobs, whatever. Um, It's been tough here.
1: It's got to be hard with the manufacturers because, because unlike the vape shops, they're not, they can't sort of expand into the Delta. I mean, some have, I know that one of my favorite uh, e-liquid companies was out of Texas and they first stopped sending to us in Wisconsin because, they implemented some kind of tax or something and a registration thing that was actually relatively simple compared to what these PMTA things. And now they're, and so they just said, we can't send to those States that do that. Cause we just can't keep up with all these different separate regulations that everybody's requiring at different States. So we're only going to ship to States that don't have anything that we have to worry about with taxes and stuff. And then later on, I come to find out they've, they don't even make uh, nicotine, e liquids anymore. They only make, um, delta stuff so even even the companies are kind of switching to that but um uh for vape shops it's harder because how do you keep stuff in because I, I see i have that problem all the time i'll go to my local vape shop to pick up the I, i'm not one of those who switch all the time so i go to i get one flavor i'm on it and kind of like your customers probably when you're out and they don't have it and you know i'll go in and like oh we don't have any or we're not getting enough big orders because a lot of people are they just go to the um, gas station and pick up disposables. And, you know, so those of us who use open systems and, and e-liquids, it's just getting harder and harder. And is that what you're seeing?
2: It is. And, and you, you mentioned another big part of it, disposables. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of things that uh, a cessation method or, or product in this case um, has, to, has to be. A lot of things that it has to meet. And one of those is convenience and hard to beat the convenience of a disposable. I guess you can't, can you? Um, There's really nothing more convenient than that. They're sold everywhere. They don't require any knowledge, any support. You go in, you buy it. It's just like a pack of cigarettes. You buy it and you use it. Um, So that's, that's hurt vape shops. That's hurt open systems. And, um, along with the regulatory pressures and that are, that are killing us in every way, um, that reduces availability, uh, for me, as a vape shop owner to, to, to buy things. Um, you see products getting discontinued. I mean, we don't know if it's due to regulatory pressure, but, uh, but it appears that, um, especially in the, in the last few years, we've seen products getting prematurely, um, Removed from the market by the manufacturer as well, so really tough. You know, Um, it's it's tough to make business decisions. It's tough to order. It's tough to keep things in stock. Uh, It appears to be a lot tougher than it was five years ago.
0: Can you are how easily or I don't know. I, I I I I've never worked in a vape shop. I've only shopped at a few of them, but. When you are looking at products to carry, are you able to have conversations with distributors or manufacturers and ask, like, what's your status with the PMTA application? Are they forthcoming with what they, um, with what they're doing with FDA? Um, what's your, uh, again, trying not to, you know, I don't want to bait you into disclosing anything you don't want to, but um do you have those conversations with manufacturers and distros and are they able to provide that information for you?
2: Um, not so much to distros, but certainly there, there've been, um, a, a few manufacturers that I've talked to directly, asked them how their, their, uh, PMTA stuff has been going. Um, I belong to several groups as a vape shop owner. So, so I'm, I'm kind of in the loop with that. Um, uh, I'm a member of the AVM, even though I'm not a manufacturer. Um, in part, to get that information and to find out what's going on, uh, both for myself and and if there's anything that I need to um, bring to my customers' attention.
0: So and- that's I, I maybe I'm I'm I don't want to put words in your mouth, but it sounds to me like AVM is providing its members with. Um, uh, are they providing their members with a, a list of, of companies going through PMTA that have sort of provisional authorizations, or is that more? Are no, they more alerting? It's, it's about just policy? kind of
2: an ongoing conversation, I guess. Um, there's there's not that I've seen anyway. I've not seen lists or anything like that. Um, it's just, I, I guess, I never really thought about it. I've just been soaking it up, everything I hear, you know, in the chat or whatever. Um, and, and I haven't been terribly concerned unless I hear a particular manufacturer that's on the shelves behind me. Um, I just try and keep an, an overall uh, decent picture overall of what's going on. Um, so yeah, n- n- nothing terribly specific except for you know a few manufacturers that I happen to know personally.
0: Yeah, and I, I guess generally you know, one of the things I have in the back of my head, and I think one of the arguments that um, I I don't know that I've necessarily heard this, but this is probably something that, that Greg Conley has said. Um, I'm not going to put words in his mouth either. Um, I can't. Um, But uh, you know, in, in when I've asked FDA directly uh, on panels, uh, or I think when they've responded to people, I know that Brian King did a, a Q&A uh, at GTNF last year, and he's actually going to be around for a Q&A at E6 Summit this year. Um, uh, I think one of the things that, you know, when asked sort of, how does FDA determine who they're going to go after, uh, you know, for, for selling a product that isn't uh, authorized or have a provisional authorization? The, the answer seems to be, you know, that product has to reach some sort of a threshold or exceed, meet or exceed a threshold uh, of, of youth use. Like, you know, if a bunch of kids start showing up at schools with a particular product, FDA is going to get a lot of, you know, angry letters from parents and teachers, and then they'll take action. Is that, have you heard anything like that from other, uh, you know, shop owners, distros, manufacturers? Does that sound consistent? Does it sound like FDA is being more judicious with their enforcement discretion than than maybe we think?
2: Well, I'm I'm not sure. Um, I, I I personally don't see a whole lot of rhyme and reason, other than some sort of. Uh, As you mentioned, you know, this particular product is is being used by X number of youth. I I don't know how they're getting that other than annually, Um, although I don't know if um, uh, specific products are mentioned in the uh, National Youth Tobacco Survey or the Behavioral Risk Survey. I I don't know, Um, but um, I haven't been able to see any rhyme or reason. Uh, both for the shops they've been going after and why, or the products, I assume they're using a Ouija board or something. Honestly, I, 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 I don't know. You know, I, I don't know why they show up at one shop and not another. Um, everything they do seems to me anyway, to be a little bit strange and, and, I don't know if I should say this, but 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 I also I also would have thought they'd been a
0: lot tougher on us. Hmm. No, I think. Well, that's I think that's actually in in
2: terms in terms of going out and finding people and whatnot. Once these products have been M.D.O. I'm surprised they haven't come up after us for a lot more of our products that they've already denied.
0: Yeah, I think what, that's 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 sort of I think the point I I was hoping to hear, because when we're talking about these state vapor directory bills, um, you know I think uh I think it's Oklahoma is the is is an example of you know they already have one in place, um, but they're amending it because I guess the Able Commission I think it's the Able Commission is responsible for doing enforcement, but they haven't something. really done much and so they want to take it away from that commission and give it to the attorney general and you know my argument our argument is um you know having this at the federal level it we're you know in in theory in in hopes we we are we have a you know a science-based data-driven agency making decisions the FDA does have enforcement discretion, which the anti is absolutely hate, uh, and and FDA can determine you know how how hard and how many people they're going to go after, um, but an attorney general who does not have a background in protecting public health uh, is is just going to go after people who are you know breaking the law, um, and so I, I I think I I understand and I saw the comment fly by about you know manpower. Um, yes, we, you know, we've known for years that, that FDA was never going to have enough human resources to do the enforcement, um, that, you know, in the, in a way that I think a lot of us were afraid of, um, and that, but eventually that this would come down to some sort of agreement or, or, you know, um, contracting with States to pick up the slack where, where the feds couldn't do the enforcement. Um, but you know, in, in the same breath, FDA is making decisions based on which products are the biggest offenders. You know, if we have products out there that are blatantly ripping off IP that definitely appeals to young people, then yes, we we don't want those companies doing business. Um, that's not clues, that's clues what these products are company. all about. Um, but then again, you know, who's who's going to be the arbiter of what's child? For what's child appealing and and so on. If you get it, you know, uh, an, an ag with an axe to grind, um, they may think that anything with a flavor other than tobacco is marketed to kids. Uh, and which many of the them narrative. do, and they do, and that's that's what. We, but <laughs> FDA knows better, and so I, I just I'm I'm taking a really long time to get there. I think you know the big argument here is we would rather have FDA exercising enforcement discretion than the state's attorneys generals or um, you know, some sort of agency at the state level that's tasked with just running down a list and seeing who's breaking the law, and then sending nasty grams or showing up and finding people.
2: Yeah, I, I, I certainly don't believe that um, these things should be um, the purview of an attorney general. Um, they 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 don't they don't have the qualifications for this. This is, this is about public health. This is not just about crime. And you know, to an attorney general, you know that attorney generals are hammers, and everything looks like a nail.
1: I was going to make that and exact that's, same that's analogy.
2: all they care about, right?
1: I was um, like waiting so, to say that. You
2: took yeah, me. big, big mistake there. Um, I, yeah. I'll tell you, I'm, I'm actually a, a pretty strong proponent of um, states' rights, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and, and so. My philosophy should sort of be this this should be an issue for each individual state. I'm not so sure of that. Um, I have to rethink all of that because uh, a patchwork is not necessary, in my view anyway, a patchwork, a 50-state patchwork is not necessarily appropriate for the protection of public health. Right. Um, Especially when you're talking about something that needs a, a relatively new, product that that needs some qualifications in order to to properly regulate it um and the the lower down the governmental chain you go the less qualification you're going to have you know to to go to the extreme when you when you have a community that's regulating a a a cessation product and and they don't know anything Um, and that's probably why um bloomberg hits the community so hard very
1: easy to harm, It's also Very open to, yeah, it's also open to corruption because I mean, I'm just following this case in Illinois right now where this mayor has just been taking trips to L, to Vegas and and buying expensive cars and doing all this stuff um, on on a budget on the you know on the on our on the taxpayers dime, and she's also been well if you didn't vote for me if you didn't support my campaign I'm not going to renew your license well imagine if somebody does that and uses the pmta law to pick favorites you know i mean Um, that's kind of like the fda is
2: fda tobacco is doing with big tobacco yeah that that corruption appears to be at all levels
1: Mm -hmm. oh right but i'm just saying that's just it's just another it's another reason because i i too i mean i'm i'm relatively libertarian i think states rights are usually uh, generally a good thing um but when like you said if you have this piecemeal thing where you it just makes it i'm also pro business in a lot of ways because i think it provides jobs and stuff and so if you that's just going to make it so hard for businesses just think of other businesses i mean and some other businesses do have to do stuff like that i'm sure like you know insurance companies have to do that i'm sure like uh a lot of communications things have to do certain things, but they have FCC stuff where most states just sort of kind of fall back on what the national thing is in order to make it easier for businesses. But if every state has its own different rule, every state has its own different fees, you know, $5,000 for just to be able to submit your stuff and then another $1,500 a year. And then one of the state's I don't remember which one Alex or if it's all of them if it's doing it but I noticed that it said they had to file monthly reports monthly right. reports could you imagine in 50 states monthly reports for everything you sent to the I mean it's crazy and you don't do you have anything like that that you have to deal with right now um
2: yeah, I, for some reason, I'm struggling to to remember everything that's in the uh, seven or eight bills we have in the state. Right, <laughs> but um, there were a, a bunch of small details that that weren't weren't anything that we could meet as an industry. Didn't make sense. Um, I, I don't know if it's in this package of bills or it was in the last package of bills, but. Um, Two of the provisions that we were facing were that um, um, vapor products, when they're transported into the state across state lines, they would um, have to immediately go to the nearest state police post to be ripped open and inspected. Um, To my knowledge, there is no other product, anything, that yeah. that has to be done for, including cigarettes. Yeah, um go. and then and then when they leave the state police post, they can only be transported on pre-approved roads uh, through pre-approved routes. Wild.
1: Uh- <laughs> Do they even take that kind of caution with like convicts when they're changing jails? I mean, that's nope,
2: crazy. Nothing. There's crazy. nothing that 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 has to go through those hoops. Wow. Absolutely nothing else in this state. Um, you that know, if, not even nuclear waste. <laughs>
0: that was my next. Like, how does how does Michigan <laughs> handle transporting toxic waste? <laughs> that's
2: right. no big deal. You just need a licensed transporter and go. <laughs> <laughs> so,
1: Literally, what do you think? All. What, what is it going to take? I mean, you are like hanging on there, teeth and nails. And, um, you know, I know you don't want to leave your customers high and dry. And I'm wondering, have you seen, a, I, I have kind of a couple different questions, I guess. I, a lot, I come at this from a lot from a consumer standpoint, because I'm afraid of losing our local vape shop and stuff, because so many people won't ship to Wisconsin anymore. Um, but uh, what I, I guess first question is, do you feel like your you've been losing customers at all to the disposables, um, cause they are, because they are so easy. And I guess the second part of my question was what, what do you think you will be the end for you? What do you think would be the thing that you'd like, I give up. I can't do this anymore.
2: Um, well, the first question I think, um, whether they know it or not, probably every vape shop in the country is losing something to disposables.
1: Right.
2: Um, they're everywhere. Every gas yeah. station, grocery store, convenience store, wherever else. Do you sell
1: them?
2: Pardon me? Do you sell them? I have for several years, I've carried a very limited number um, because they are definitely the most um, versatile uh, vapor product out there. They can. You have, they, to they have so I mean. many different uses that uh, I, yeah. I have to carry them.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't blame you at all. I think a lot of people won't. <clears> they <throat> refuse to. So I was just curious if you did.
2: But I, like, I, I don't have any um, regular disposable customers. Um, all all of my regular customers are using open systems and probably a fair number, maybe two or three out of 10 people that come in for disposables, um, I managed to convert them to open systems.
1: Hmm. I wish more people would. Well,
0: how, how, does, how does that work? How How do people come from the most convenient vapor product ever? to something that's a little bit more complex. How does that well, work? Well, if,
2: if they, if they let me chat for a while, I explain that um, they're the least reliable, most expensive, most limited way to vape in terms of flavors and nicotine levels yep. and all of that. I, I just try and um, expose them to the benefits of an open system and then uh, try and convert them to like a, a small um, pod system.
0: Do you have do you have a lot of people that um, uh, sort of have their own complaints or concerns about being stuck at like a very high nicotine content? Do they come in looking to to do their own step down? Um, Or is that something they learn? So
2: every once in a while, somebody recognizes that, that they're they're getting, you know, more nicotine than they need or want or um, even more nicotine than is palatable. So it's becoming a less effective cessation tool for them. There's a few people who recognize that, but um, typically um, that that's also part of what I try and explain to them that they're they're limited to essentially 50 milligrams, the highest commercially available um, nicotine concentration. And I explain um, what uh, what too much nicotine feels like, and all the time I see light bulbs go on and go oh. That's why I keep getting nauseous or <laughs> lightheaded. That's why I fell down the other way other day when I was chain vaping on my disposable. Um, that's also a, a very effective argument getting them to convert to open systems.
0: Yeah, that's interesting, I and I, at- I don't know that I I, I don't know but- that I need to point this out, but you know these are <clears throat> this is what FDA is authorizing. They are taking the 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 closed system, one maybe two types of uh, levels of nicotine strength, and that's it. Um, when people do figure out on their own that they want something with a little bit more variability that they can control, and it's it's just it's kind of bizarre. I I really. I always feel like you know, like when I think I see something that you know, the federal people, people who are in office, people who make six figures a year, aren't seeing or aren't figuring out. I always think like, I I've got to be missing something. But it's very bizarre to me that the agency that has essentially been tasked by Congress to put a stranglehold on the tobacco industry is now authorizing products that are. In some cases, arguably keeping people coming back for those products, uh, and and they're doing, they're not doing enforcement as well as I know that the anti's would like, but they're doing enforcement. They're sending manufacturers and shops nasty grams for selling products that haven't been authorized. So whatever you want to make of that, the enforcement is taking, it's pressuring manufacturers out of the industry, it's shutting down vape shops, it's taking away all of the access for people, and so. In a lot of places, people are just stuck with this crap that they don't actually want. There are plenty of people out there who want to step down nicotine and move away. And it's something that a lot of us, I think, figure out either in the first little while of, of using an e-cigarette or for me, it took years before my body was like, yeah, I don't really want this much nicotine anymore. And I have had the privilege of being able to step down my nicotine concentration while I was vaping and now using nicotine pouches, um, but it just seems it's insane to me that the regulator is actually signing off on this behavior by tobacco companies to keep people coming back for a high nicotine product that they don't they don't necessarily want. and I just want to need- make sure I'm I'd want to make sure I'm perfectly clear about this. The solution is not state stepping in and saying, well, you can only sell 3% nicotine content. That's right. not how this works. There are tons of people out there, maybe who smoke two packs a day like me, who would really benefit from having 5%, 6% nicotine in a, in a disposable or pod-based system. Um, so I'm not, in, I'm not interested in anybody legislating, you know, taking away high nicotine content stuff, but to only have that, Uh, That that seems like a really big problem and it doesn't seem consistent with anything FDA is doing to protect public health.
2: Um, Yeah, I mean, you're you're talking about people who who are constantly harping about the mythical dangers of nicotine and and then trying to limit people to the highest concentrations only. (laughs) It's it's nonsense it's utter nonsense um but that aside um in simple terms it's just another way to keep people smoking or keep people in this case if the only thing that's available is big tobacco vapor products keep people um handing their money over to big tobacco that's that's what this does yeah. It, it's Ordling, it's not pardon. about cessation at all. If you can't step down, um, th- your chances of of quitting uh, are 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 dropping drastically. If you That's don't best. have the ability yeah. to wean yourself off the nicotine, and and we know, you know, I, I think most people now know that that nicotine when uncoupled from smoking, nicotine and vaping, or any of the other um, NTRs or THR products. Um, it's it's less dependence forming than smoking, but still, um, they're, they're, they seem to be doing their level best to uh, keep that dependence as high as possible. So I couldn't even
1: imagine trying to do do something that high of a nicotine. I do three percent, and I started out at twelve, and I've used zero a few times, um, but I always kind of went back to three. Your
0: um, three milligrams. I,
1: I Three milligram, yeah. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: and I think and I think with with disposables, I went to a vape local vape shop the other day and he showed me these two disposables and they looked like they looked like little mods. And I said, You throw that entire thing out? And he he's like, Yeah, and I'm like, Well, how much does it cost? He's like thirty dollars. I'm like, so battery and all you throw that entire thing out. And I mean I'm I'm picturing that you know, disposals being those little likes like we had back in the day, you know. And I just, I look at that. He's like, well, you know, I take the battery out and then I use the, I melt the plastic and use it in my 3D printer. And I'm like, well, not everybody has a 3D printer. Yeah, and there's I one him person
2: to... doing that. <laughs>
1: yeah, I, no, That's I another them. argument
2: like, that I use to convert people is, you know, exactly. you, you're throwing away and purchasing a brand new device every time.
1: I mean, it was like as big as my as my e leaf you know, and I was just like, why are you doing, you know, and and I understand the convenience and everything. And so I think that convenience and having stuff in in where the cigarettes are sold are important. Um, You know, I'm not some bleeding heart environmentalist, but I do care about the environment. And that's one factor. But just the waste. I have a huge bag of batteries sitting in a drawer in my kitchen that don't work anymore because i have no place to to recycle them so i encouraged the guy like please do recycle it's a new shop that just opened up and i said please do recycle you're in wisconsin
2: you you actually have a place you're in wisconsin um the same company that i use is in um illinois and wisconsin as well i don't know how close one will be but um look up yeah, I'm in, uh, your I'm an hour from the closest, closest big town <laughs> well I'm has, I'm, in the middle, I'm in the middle of nowhere and they've got a store here <laughs> it's called Remy Battery R-E-M-Y yeah, he, said,
1: he said they have a shop in a in a city about an hour away from us and he does collect batteries there and I so please start collecting them here too because we here could also use a place to put them but yeah the whole thing with the the um, disposables was crazy but um, I wanted to just kind of ask you last thing, because we're finishing up now, just if you, I know you didn't want to watch your uh, your thing with uh, your um, testimony in, in. for I forget what year that was. What year was that? Do you remember was that like twenty
2: yeah, nineteen? It was uh, um, October of twenty nineteen. Uh, September 2019.
1: of twenty nineteen. And I was curious um, if you after everything that's happened since then. Just in as little words as you can think of, what would you, what would you like to say if you had an opportunity to get in front of these people again, what would you think is the most important message that you would hope that also vapors would show up? Cause we've got a lot of hearings and stuff and we need to get vapors to show up. But what would you think is the most important message would be for we as consumers to convey?
2: For, for consumers. Um, is, is, is your personal story. Nothing's more powerful. Um, you know, when, when I started doing this in 2019, I, I knew nothing of politics. I had never talked to a lawmaker personally. Um, and so I, I asked a lot of questions, uh, both of, of the lawmakers and their staffers about politics and the system and, you know, just trying to figure out this, this, this new pond I was swimming in. And uh, all of them said the same thing. I mean, I literally got the same answer from every single person in the Capitol. I asked, you know, what can we do to change people's minds? What's the most powerful uh, message or what what moves you or motivates you or engages you? And all staffers and all lawmakers said the same thing, your personal story.
1: And that's most people have one, so that should be pretty easy, right? You don't have to go up there and then
2: our quitting stories are are very significant. I mean, you know, if, if you're a decades long smoker, um, this is a matter of life and death. So your your personal story is a matter of life and death. Um, I can't imagine, you know, outside of votes and money, what's what's gonna what's gonna have more of an impact on anybody
1: right Life right. and
2: death. Um, yeah. Tell them your personal stories um, how long you smoked, uh, um, how long you tried to quit, what you used to try and quit, how you finally quit with vaping and the importance of flavors and variability. Uh, one of the things I, I don't I don't think any lawmakers understand when they're talking about, Um, regulating or banning or restricting vapor products, I don't think they have any idea that um, everybody is unique with unique smoking habits, unique lifestyles, jobs, environments, and everybody needs a different solution, a unique solution, what's best for them. Um, So I think it's, it's also important to add a little bit of detail when you're telling your personal story, because we also need them to understand that we're all different and we need this wide range of products that that were essentially developed by the vaping community. You know, um, they, they determine what's out there on the market with their wallets, um, perhaps the, the most effective way of, of um, perfecting uh, any sort of product like this. But definitely why are why are vapor products the, the most effective? Because the people who need to use them and want to use them determined we need 10 million different flavors. We need nicotine levels from zero to 50. Um, We need uh, power levels from, you know, eight watts to 150 watts.
1: Um, All of
2: these things exist because we, the vaping consumers, the people who used to smoke, determine this. With our wallets, over twenty years, that. what exists exactly. today is the most effective because of how it was developed. It was developed by all of us um, being able to decide what we need in a free market.
1: Yep had Definitely. had
2: this had this gone any other route, big business, tobacco control, government, public health. It would it would it wouldn't be anywhere near as effective as it is today, because we were able to determine and decide exactly what we want, and there's nothing yeah, more effective seen, than that.
1: We've uh, seen what big pharma came up with: inhalers and and gums and lunges. But yeah, a combined ninety-three
2: well, percent failure rate. That's what you get exactly. if you cut out the, exactly. the actual consumers, the actual people yep. who who need this.
1: Yep, absolutely. And
2: that's what they're trying to
1: do with vaping. Yep. Well, we've yeah, they're trying to homogenize it exactly. Well, we've reached the end of our hour. We don't want to. I know we you want to unlock your door and get those important customers in there again. Um, Hang out uh, in the back a little bit because your recording (laughs) is going to record and it'll tell you when you can. when you can go. So we're going to just take you out now and thank you so much for giving us your time today. Um, Locking your door for us. We really, really appreciate it and, and all the insight you gave and uh, really best of luck to you. We're just, we'll, you know, I hope you can hang in there for as long as possible and your customers keep okay. supporting you. I really do.
2: We're trying.
1: Alex, did you oh, thank
2: you. Thank you for having me. All right. Thanks, Thanks thank for joining you. us. and We
1: love having the chart too, in the chat too. So we'll see you next in the next show or the chat. <laughs> Well,
0: I'll All be right. there. Thanks. So um, okay. real quick, before we go, I did want to mention a couple things to look out for next week. Um, Maryland has a couple of these vapor product re- directory bills, PMTA registry, um, HB 1197 and SB 987. Um, those both have hearings coming up next month. Uh, on the 6th and the 7th, it's March. So, um, I'm getting better about getting May and March in the same correct order. Um, I didn't do it there, but we're getting there. Um, so, uh, that's coming up, uh, next week. If you're in Maryland, keep an eye out. Um, that should do it. Special thanks to Mark for coming on tonight and, um, and shutting down his shop for an hour to come and talk to us. Um, Am I doing the the out the outro spiel?
1: Yeah, yes. let's let me. Start, I'll start pulling up the banners for you so you can start. So first of all, we're gonna what? <laughs> Tell people to join, right?
0: <laughs> join CASA. Go to c a s a a dot org, and uh, I don't even think you have to click on a special link. It's just it should be right there on the page. Oh well, there's the donate. Okay, so and become a member is one of, the, one of the first things you see when you get on there. It's totally free. Right. Uh, we do appreciate donations. We did have a really great assist from uh, Grim Green, Nick Green. Uh, I guess it was about a month ago I went on his live stream. and we had, a, we, we had a noticeable bump in uh, recurring donations. So those small recurring donations help out a lot. Helps us pay for the system we use to connect you with your lawmakers. It keeps the lights on. It keeps me uh, here following all of these bills and hopefully not transposing dates and other stuff, um, which I will be doing, picking right back up tomorrow. (laughs) Um, And then, uh, yeah, we got the donate. Please donate. Even if you just want to give a one-time donation, it's all very, very helpful. Um, you can pretty much expect that with our position on some of these bills, we're not going to get some of the support that we've been getting over the years. Uh, so whatever we can make up uh with small recurring donations, that would be fantastic. Also, uh, we have the Casaw store. So we've got t-shirts, we've got other things, but mainly the t-shirts. Uh, they look great. You'll look great in them. Advocate in style, check out our store while you're on the website, signing up to become a member and dropping us five bucks or something um and then if you're not following us on all the social medias we are on the x facebook and instagrams um so find us at kasaw media um what else oh the testimonials you haven't even brought up the banner i'm
1: trying to help logan here because he's uh (laughs) logan's not flipping them come on logan (laughs) um
0: Um, the, uh, the testimonials project is ongoing. And as Mark just said, your personal stories actually carry a lot of weight. Uh, and so sharing them on our collection, uh, is very helpful. There's another one for Europe. There's a link for that. If you're European or in the rest of the world, um, you can find that link on our testimonials website and put your, share your story on that website. If you're in the United States and any of our territories, please contribute to uh, to the testimonials project, I think we're 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 pushing fourteen thousand now. Um, I think we're over halfway. I don't know, I don't want to oversell it, but um, there's that. <laughs> uh, and uh, once again, if you live in a state in the United States, uh, join your Facebook state page. Uh, this is where uh, we get messages from admins to, to tell us about uh, bills that might pop up, local ordinances that are that are catching on fire. Um, we, we can't track things at the local level very effectively because that requires tens of thousands of dollars and a whole team of people. Um, so, uh, any Intel we can get from people on the ground in your town, uh, is very helpful. <clears throat> it's also a place where you can come and, and meet other people and talk about stuff that's going on in your state, uh, sharing information and making new friends through all of this quitting smoking is, is great stuff. So join your state page. Um, that's on Facebook. Yep.
1: And say and- I was just going to do the last one. Nope, you did. The, we did that already. Uh, but there's the a banner. We did for the it. social medias. Um, and then the last one. You want to do the last one, Logan? I thought I was trying to put them up, and then and then they were disappearing. So I thought he, we were both trying to put them up at the same time. So I stopped. <laughs> last one. Don't forget that you are Casat. not just Alex doing all these call to actions, or me doing the social media, or Logan doing the podcast, and 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 the board all of us together we we this it does not none of us works if without you we need you the members and the people watching this the vapors the people who use other THR products to to be the boots on the ground because if nobody goes out and does anything what's the point of us getting all these things out and this information to you so just don't forget that you are also cassette not just us and i think that's it so
2: <laughs> do it
1: um We've got a show in two more weeks, which is uh, what we can. What what is that? That's the ninth, and the that's going to be you and Logan because I have a family thing. March yeah, ninth. I'll, I
0: believe, I'll right? just I'll, I'll tell everybody our special guest. Uh, it's it's firming up right now, uh, but uh, Binkt Viberg is going to join us. Uh, for those of you who don't know Binkt, he uh, is the inventor of Sting Free snooze. and so we're gonna we're gonna talk snooze and nicotine pouches and. Um, probably a little uh, Swedish miracle or uh, the Swedish experience. That's what it is. It's the hell in the miracle. Um, Swedish experience <laughs> from a guy from Sweden. Um, and uh, so that should be a good show. Uh, so join us on the ninth for that.
1: Yeah, you don't need me there for that one. I don't do the snooze thing. So <laughs> it's good thinking to you and Logan. All right. Well, thanks uh, to all of our replay crew when you watch this later. And thank you to Logan, who was in the back running things. Um, today and uh we will see you in two weeks yet we and I need to pull up the outro but all right everybody enjoy the rest of your weekend and we will see you in two weeks